So here we are. It's been about a eh, week and a half, week and a couple of days since the Phoenix Suns season has ended. Obviously, the Suns Jam Session podcast will continue. Got plenty of things to talk about. Just because the Suns season is over does not mean that all news surrounding the Phoenix Suns has come to a complete halt. It's quite the contrary. The Phoenix Suns and members of their team are consistently being talked about in multiple facets when it comes to the NBA. Whether we're talking all defensive players, whether we're talking about all NBA teams, whether we're talking about trade destinations and trade uh, trade machine doohickeys, everybody, Matthew, is talking about the Suns still. <laughs> yeah, it's the best part of the season when the season is over. And we can talk about the offseason. You know, as a Suns fan, whether they're good or bad, the offseason is pretty fun. You know, you go through your traumas during the regular season, but then the offseason, you get to put everything together before it actually happens. That's my favorite part. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about doing a Phoenix Suns podcast, to your point, Matthew, is the news never really ends, right? There's always no. something to talk about. You know, they, if, if you have a great year, you're playing eight months out of the year. If you have a good year, you're playing seven months out of the year. And if, if you have... You know, shitty year, you're playing six months out of the year. And the other six months are a lot of the things that are really creating engagement for a lot of people right now. And that's hitting up the trade machine, talking about how to tweak the roster, giving their two cents, good, bad, or indifferent when it comes to how to create the ideal roster that will hopefully someday win a championship for the Phoenix Suns. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit on this podcast. We're going to talk about what it feels like to watch the Western Conference Finals, knowing that the Phoenix Suns aren't in that those those finals. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the awards that have been provided. And then, of course, we're going to talk some DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that's, that's the topic right now. It's, we said it last year when the Suns didn't extend him and provide us with some stability as podcasters. We knew that we'd be a topic of discussion forever. And man, this offseason is going to be nothing but eight and talk, nothing but eight and takes. And again, like Bruce Lee says, you got to be like water. Because sometimes I'm like, dude, trade this guy. And other times I'm like, no, keep him. It's like, that's where we're kind of stuck at, right? Yeah. I mean, the most frustrating player to have on your roster. Negate the talent is there, everything, you know. Mm -hmm. But just to actually think about him daily, yeah, it is in and out. It's one one minute. I'll tweet out, get rid of this piece of baloney. The next second, I'm like, why did I do that? Well, I don't know I if love you're being facetious when you tweet no, those I just, things, or you're just I just being throw funny. stuff out there. Yeah, I, just, I don't because I don't know how to feel her. about. I don't know how to feel about them. I really don't. So it's just none of it is true. Anything that I say, I take back the next minute. So um, it's going to be an amazing off season, just because the stress, the stress, oh, all all the Suns fans going through all of this. I mean, Aiden's going to get paid somewhere, maybe yep. by the Suns, by some other team. But the stress, what we have to go through to worry about what team he goes to. And if he comes back to the Suns, is that stressful? I don't know, oh, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. A lot to talk about on this podcast. I'll tell you, there's one tweet that I put out there the other day that I will stand by. I will not retract. And that is Jenny Gump is a real piece of shit. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was watching Forrest Gump again the other yeah, night because it's, like, nice. it's, it's just on right now. And it's playing on like repeat on TNT or something. And mm -hmm. I'm every time I watch it, I I, I hate jenny gump more and more it's like you left you, you, you know you, you teased for us you kind of showed him that you liked him then you went off and you did your drugs and you slept around and then you then you caught Typical you woman. know you caught some sort of uh an std 
you know, whether it's an STD or AIDS, it's, you know, they don't say AIDS in it, but then yeah. like that, that's when you're like, I'll marry you forest. It's like, I'll tell, you know, it was like, worth the wait, huh? I guess that's you for know, him. I guess it was. So. Sorry, dude. Jenny needs that bad boy. He's just not the bad boy <laughs> yeah, he's that, he, that he thinks he might be. I don't know. If he's a shrimp and both. He's, he's a good guy. That's, that's the worst part about him, right? Yep. He's a good dude. I think good guys finish last. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. Oh man. Turn on TNT. It's there all the time, but welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition <laughs> of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to hang out with us. Whether you're watching along live or you're listening at another time, the fact that you press play is something that we are truly thankful for. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and massage that thumbs up button while you're here. You become an Elite Jamster by clicking the Join button or following the link in the description. Feel free to donate via the Super Chat so we can get Matthew a DeAndre Ayton jersey at some point. Subscribe, Fine, rate, and review the pod wherever you're consuming this podcast for all of your favorite Phoenix Suns content. And if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it right here on the pod. Matthew, I assume you're cracking open something ice cold on this beautiful little Tuesday night. Nothing tonight. Nothing tonight, man. Well, I've got some wine here. Nice little mag- magistrate Zinfandel. So let's, <laughs> you know, red wine and sun, just like old times, right, bud? Let's do it, dude. Just like old times. So cheers. Let's talk about uh, some Phoenix Sun stuff. So the first place that I want to start on this here podcast is really just kind of ask you this question, Matthew, how how are you feeling watching the Western conference finals? How much have you watched and how do you feel as you, as you watch this Western conference finals? I haven't watched anything. You know, I was like, we're going to do the pod tonight. And I was thinking maybe, you know, just watch the last half. I turned it off for a little bit. Obviously it's a blowout. That's where we're starting the pod early tonight. Yep. Yep. But I was like, I can't do it, man. It's like just being dead and watching some dude just go to go to pound town on your wife, right? It, that's what it, fe- it feels like. You're like an angel. Like you're yeah, an angel like, in the room, and you're like, dude, are you kidding me? It's like This guy? To, can this you just guy? release me? <laughs> it's not even Ryan that, Reynolds. It's that's this what it guy? Feels. It's like Sixth Sense, you know, walking around not knowing you're dead, and you're just like, why is my wife not talking to me? It just uh, it feels uh-huh. very, very weird. It feels like everybody else, I feel like, in the NBA kingdom, they uh, they know that the Suns should be there playing the Warriors, so it's not the same. Of course, Mavericks fans, they can take it all in. The rest of the NBA crowd, you know, they wanted the Suns, and of for course. the Suns fans, <laughs> this just it's you know what I want Luca, of course, to lose. I want the Warriors to win because I don't want Luca to get a championship before the Suns. That's just the way I feel inside. That's what's, that's what's going to make me feel better. Um, but to actually sit down and watch, it's not going to happen. I'm not probably not going to watch the finals either. What about you? I'll probably watch the finals. Uh, I've consumed zero Eastern Conference Finals content, and I've watched just a little bit of the Western Conference Finals. And yes, I have that that sticky feeling that like it's it's a jealousy feeling. I feel jealous yeah. because I watch, especially like Game Three. the The Mavericks are getting blown out, and you knew that tonight that the Mavericks would win for a couple reasons. It's a gentleman sweep coming. The Warriors want an opportunity to win at home on their home floor so they can just stay there. And, you know, if we want to go the whole NBA's rig thing, the NBA's like, whoa, Warriors, we need content every other night. And if you win right yeah. away, we don't have that because the Eastern Conference is probably going seven games. But I'm full of jealousy as I watch it because every time you see a possession, you're like, 
that should be us. That should yeah. be our team. Give credit where credit's due. The Mavericks beat us, and they are there. But it is, it's, I think you nailed it. It's like, it's like you're a zombie walking around and just, it feels wrong watching it. And that's just the way I feel. I watch it and I'm just, I get frustrated. I get full of, you know, it's not entertaining basketball. And don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's, I thought that I would enjoy watching basketball that lacks the stress of having the Phoenix Suns, but that's what like the Eastern conference was for during the Suns first two rounds. If you wanted to watch stress-free basketball, you just watch an Eastern Conference game. You're like, ah, basketball in its purest form. I'm just going to enjoy this. And then the Suns would come on. You're like, okay, I'm not talking to anyone for the next two and a half hours. And then I'm going on a podcast. I'm talking to everybody for the next hour. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's challenging. And and I'm jealous. That should be us. Mm -hmm. And then to see the, the Warriors go up by three games to none. And, again, we mentioned the fact that they are, uh, they're going to lose this game. Uh, the Warriors will. But you just get so frustrated. And and one of the primary reasons why I've been frustrated watching this is knowing that the the, the Mavericks shot 39%, 39.9. Pretty much they shot 40% from beyond the arc against the Suns in the second round. In this series against the uh, the Mavericks, you know, they're, they're shooting 32%. That 32% is like a game or two for this. It's a game for the win. I mean... All the things yeah. that Dallas did to beat us, the hot streaks that they got on, Dorian Finney-Smith, who is going off tonight, but like everyone on their team hit every three all the time, is all of a sudden dried up and gone. And you just that's probably the most frustrating part. I'm jealous because I think that we should be there, and I see that the team that beat us is playing like a bunch of boners out there, and they're getting their ass kicked up and down the court. And I'm like, at least the Suns would have put up a fight. It, it's like you said, Matthew, it's what the NBA wanted. Yeah, and... You know, that's just the way the NBA is. They made their shots against the Suns, and Suns went through mm-hmm. a collapse. It's, you know, it just, the Warriors were in a situation, I'm sorry, the Dallas Mavericks were in a situation where, yeah, we give them respect, and they they did beat the, beat the Suns, but everyone really knows. And I think when everyone looks back at any playoff series, any playoff year, and the run to the finals, there's always things that people look at, they tear apart. Well, this team wasn't at full strength. This team sucked. It kind of gets old after a while, so I don't really want to do it as a Suns fan. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah. well, whatever happened to the Suns, we won't know for a while. Who knows? It's probably just a Chris Paul injury or whatever, but everyone tears apart this league. It's like basically we're watching the playoffs and everybody sucks, right? Doesn't it, and besides, the, the Eastern Conference Finals is actually really well entertaining, but it's a physical series. It, it's fun I, to watch, I hear right? about it, but, but I no don't know. Stars, I, really? I don't watch it. So like I oh, hear yeah. about it, no, but I, I, I haven't watched any. Yeah, I've yeah, not watched I know. one play of that series. I, I try to, and I I can't. But that's the way it is, though. Now it's just like I feel like everyone just kind of tears down what 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 the playoffs are, and like all these players that are hurt. You know, Jimmy Butler's out one night, and then Tyler Kyle Hero's Lowry, out last night. Marcus Smart. Yeah, it's just it's it's maybe just luck of the draw. Who knows? But we just have to sit through it and wait till next year. And this is the worst part. The, the, you're right. This is the worst part. This is terrible. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's this so is bad. the worst part, you know, because <laughs> once the season's over, we're on the normal timeline of going through the draft process, which obviously we don't have any picks going through uh, the trade, uh, you know, trades and free agency and all these things and, and trying to construct and build this roster for a new year. But right now with the Western conference finals and eventually the NBA finals starting on June 2nd, these next three to four weeks are just going to be the worst part because we believe that we had a team that was capable of being there 
And obviously they let themselves down. They let their fan base down and we have to sit there day in and day out. It's like anytime I post anything on Twitter, somebody will come in from another fan base and just be like, yeah, well, you guys fucking lost. You know, it's just like, okay, like I get it, man. Like I literally just posted something that has a, uh, it's showing a play where Luka Doncic carried the ball like seven times on one play, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm just waiting for some Mavs fan to be like, you clowns lost your CP zero, you know? And it's just like, you can't even make points anymore. Cause again, this is officiating. (laughs) You know, it's so weird how quickly you forget about that until you just brought it up. I'm like, Oh yeah. That's another reason I wanted to stop watching basketball is because the officiating. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not, not at all. I'd rather us be in there. And yep, again, I'm, I'm I, I I'm jealous. I'm jealous. So, you know, on the other side of that, that's the negative side. That's the depressing side. There is still a little op- bit of an opportunity to celebrate this season, and it was released a few days ago that Mikhail Bridges earned an All Defensive NBA nod, first teamer, which is fantastic. Uh, Devin Booker, first team All NBA. The fact that I just said those words out loud is unbelievable. Chris Paul, All NBA third team. Tell me of those three awards, is any of that satisfying? Or are you just still in such a funk that you're like, I don't give a fuck? No, it's something in the future where, like, maybe in two years or maybe next year, we'll look back at it and be like, that was awesome. You know, Booker is the first team All NBA player. We can say that finally. Uh, Mikhail Bridges who will be in the running almost pretty much every year, it seems like, as long as he stays healthy for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, It's awesome. Right now, it doesn't matter, and I'm sure those guys can give a shit. I'm sure Booker probably got his trophy or whatever he gets, his award, and threw it in the river, whatever river him and Kendall Jenner are rolling down for the wedding. I'm sure he just threw it out (laughs) down the river because you know these guys don't care, but it's cool on basketball reference. Yeah, basketball reference, it looks awesome. It looks awesome where... It's so weird, though, because last year, you know, we were craving these awards. During the year, we wanted these awards. Now that we got them and now that we're kicked out, it's the it's even worse, right? It's worse. If they didn't win anything, I don't think anybody would care. You know, Coach Monty got Coach of the Year before the Suns were actually kicked out of the playoffs. That was fun to celebrate because we were still there. But now that these are released after, it just doesn't matter to me until maybe next year, then I'll, I'll give a shit about it. It's funny you say that because that's how the players feel. Like, they don't give a shit about these awards. And right now, because of the mental and emotional state that we're in, we don't care about them either. But how often have we talked in podcasts going back to, like, 2019 where it's just, like, to get that recognition means something to that player and to to us as fans because they represent us. To see that banner with five players up there and one of them's in a Phoenix Suns jersey, although the banner that I saw had Devin Booker in the orange jersey, I'm like, come on. You picked a fucking orange jersey. <laughs> the one they lose. The one they lose in all the time. Yeah, I'm like, they lose that no. jersey all the time. You picked <laughs> that one? You know, I'm like, thanks, Bleacher Report, or whatever the fuck it was on, whatever notification came across my phone. You know, but at the same time, what's very significant is that that uh, uh, All-NBA for Devin Booker. Because what that does is it makes him now eligible for a Supermax deal, which is yeah. four years, 211 million dollars when it comes to the contracts so you know that that averages out to 52 mil a year that's what he gets with that you know now the nice thing for this the phoenix suns and and just so you know if anybody has any questions he what he he would have until the start of next season to accept that so the suns would have to offer him the super max he would accept it and then the deal wouldn't kick in for another two years until his uh his rookie his max rookie extension ends yeah so it went to kick in for a couple of years, which actually works out kind of pretty good timing for the Suns because in about right when his that contract would kick in is right when you'll see an influx in salaries in the NBA because of a lot of media money that's coming in. It's actually kind of the perfect 
uh, path for a Supermax deal, in my opinion, based off my limited knowledge of how all this shit works, right? You know, so question, do you think the Phoenix Suns offer Devin Booker a Supermax deal? Yeah, right away. I mean, the question really is, like, does he deserve it? Of course he does. I mean, after the finals, I mean, not the finals, sorry. After this last round where we got kicked out, you know, we're questioning everybody, right? We kind of forget how how good Booker is now that they get kicked out. You see things on Twitter about him not being good enough to be first team All NBA. It's just bullshit. This the season he was so good. He'll still go down as one of the probably the best son of all time when he retires. So you got to sign him. You got to do it right away. This guy's proved everything. It's kind of like asking you know the Celtics, Jason Tatum, is he going to be signed to the the long term deal? Do it one day. You got to do it you because these guys guy... are the future of franchise. Yes. There's nothing. They're in the same category, and it's not like they're a Giannis. It's not like they are you know uh, a Jokic where they can just take over games. They're not the kind of player, but they they're a cornerstone of your franchise. You have to have them back. Otherwise it's going to show like, what did we get to this last year where players want to be here to play? So if they see that books getting paid, it's not like everyone's going to get that max, but they oh, see but they take care of book like take that. Care of your players. Yep. You get that reputation back again, where it seems like it's kind of tarnished a little bit right now, where it seems like people are kind of saying like, well, do people still want to play in Phoenix? You know what I mean? But who knows? Who knows? Maybe next year by this offseason, we'll know who comes back on the team or not and who wants to actually come here. Maybe Kevin Durant. Who knows? Yeah, so, we'll but about, I, we'll you got to do it for Book, right? He's he's always been our favorite player. We talk about him all the time towards the end of the season, like as being an MVP candidate. So he has to come back, man. Well, and don't get me wrong. Like Devin Booker shit the bed in game seven. He didn't mm-hmm. have the greatest series against the Mavericks. He looked lost at times. Where Whenever a double team was thrown his way, he looked lost. But that doesn't negate what he means to this franchise and what he did this past season. The fact that Devin Booker is an All NBA first teamer, uh, I'm like a proud dad when I hear that. It makes me that that's something that gives me some positivity and makes me smile. You know, because I can I can think back to him in his second year and I'm like, what is this guy? Could he one day be on an All NBA team? And now he's mm-hmm. a first teamer. Will he be on it consecutively? I don't know. But now he's put himself in that echelon of first-team NBA players. And to yeah. your point, Matthew, you pay those players, okay? You pay those players. You take care of them because it sends a message to the rest of the league says we take care of our stars. And Devin Booker has done nothing but take care of this franchise, never has said anything negative, takes it on the chin when he messes up. Yep. Uh you know, never dodge the media. <laughs> no, yeah, never dodge the media yeah. at the end of a game seven. A lot I mean, of tough he, times too, I hear, man. A lot of tough times for that guy, and he's just done nothing but been a cla- uh, a a, a stand up act. So class you pay clown. him, <laughs> class clown. That's some other members of the team. Mikael Bridges getting defensive player of the year. That's actually absolutely yeah. fantastic. Think think what you got. Not defensive player of the year, but all the all first all team. defense yeah. first team. You have an all NBA first teamer and an all defensive first teamer. That's the core of your franchise moving forward, period. Obviously, we're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton here momentarily, but at the same time, you need to have those two players locked up, and the Suns have that right now. And it's another thing that is very positive about this team moving forward. And to your point, you know, Mikael Bridges, he should be perennially a first or second teamer uh, as long as he's healthy in a season because of the way he plays. Now, again, somebody who was used and abused in the Maverick series. And we'll always go back to that Maverick series and, and look at each other, you know, three years from now when we'll be like, what the fuck happened? You know, because I really think that this team and the talent on this team, the way it's structured had the talent to do it. And they just, you know, it, they, they, what did somebody say earlier? Uh, they said, hold on. Oh, it was a good comment. 
uh, Blaze Megatron said Luca pulled an Amber Heard in the Western Conference Finals. The Suns pulled an Amber Heard in the second round. That is, they shat the bed. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Thanks, Blaze Megatron. Elite, <laughs> elite jamster there. So we'll look that's back good. at this, you know, and and always question what happened. But all these people trying to completely redo our roster, it just doesn't make sense to me because of you have these two cornerstones, right? Uh, tell me a little bit about Mikael Bridges. Well, you already talked about him. Is there anything else you want to mm-hmm. add on Mikael Bridges? Yeah, you know, I think we learned a lot this season. I think all of us, including the players, where rest is needed. Um, I think we went really hard this season for everything. And at the time, it was really fun. And we didn't finish the way we wanted to finish. But I don't know if you can tell a guy like Mikael Bridges like to take your foot off the pedal, right? That's just how he plays. He's like a Chris Paul. So the fact that maybe he got burnt out in the playoffs, maybe. But the thing is, in the playoffs, man, it's so physical. And we were talking about how the Suns are kind of more of a finesse team. We don't have that physicality. Yeah, Mikael Bridges really isn't that way. But defensively, I feel like he he can get burnt out in the playoffs because it's so physical. So you can't really build yourself up to that and expect like he knows what to expect now, right? He two years in a row, he knows what to do. But when you're going against a guy like Luca. You know, I hate to see him get burned by people just saying, you know, he got played out of the game and stuff like that defensively. It's hard to guard those dudes, right? You you can't guard these guys the that are that the good. Best, and they're it, bringing yeah, physicality It's every impossible. Night. So don't drag his name through the mud at all. Like him and Booker, they're both going to be here for a while. They're two guys you say, yep, they're, they're, they're ours. They're going to be a Phoenix Sun for a while because we're that confident in them to even get better too, right? <laughs> it's yeah. not just the way they're he is growing. right now. Yeah, Mikael Bridges is probably going to gain like who, what, 30 pounds maybe in the offseason? Yeah, <laughs> right. Can you imagine those arms all bulked up? Oh I don't my think God, dude, I don't know what to do. That's not possible. He, he couldn't lift them up. They were so heavy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he, he wouldn't be but to, to that point, you know, when you think of the great defensive players, also look at their success in the playoffs. Like Rudy Gobert is a perennial defensive player of the year and he gets smoked in the playoffs. Marcus Smart's the defensive player of the year right now. And he is just, he, he's barely playing because it's so physical. So it's a challenge in the playoffs. Do you think that maybe Mikhail Bridges like puts on armbands just, just to have a cool look next year or change something up? I don't know. Actually, it doesn't matter. Damn it, you got me, dude. Finally. <laughs> you know, that was a quick turnaround question. I should have known better. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've learned it. You know, I guess I got to space them out again. But could I say, though, that um, I think I was actually going to say, I think Booker gets some tattoos. That's my prediction. Ooh, Booker, I think he needs some tattoos. Well, he's already got be legendary. Like, what's next? Gonna get no, like- he needs to get some sleeves or something like to up his image, right? Because like he's not marketable, really, right? He's he's not. Otherwise, yes. he would have been this year. He people hate he him. He had that one commercial. Yeah, I think he'll have some tats. So that's my okay. prediction. Okay. Well, you know we're 22 <laughs> minutes into the podcast. Watch. I wonder how many people listening to the podcast just now look down at the podcast and said, oh, yeah, they are 22 minutes in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know. Time flies. Yeah. Well, obviously, a lot of conversation is being uh, spent and a lot of energy is being put out there when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. Bill Simmons had like what, like 20 minutes on it on the Monday pod. Yeah. You know, him and Ryan Rosillo were just talking about possible trade targets for DeAndre Ayton. There was a report that came out today uh, from Bleacher Report. So I don't know like how accurate this is because Bleacher yeah, Report. Yeah, first time seeing this for me. So Yeah, so the Bleacher Report people, they're really kind of, I don't know, the, uh, the credibility of that they put out there is absolute dog shit. Just look at any trade they put together. There's like uh, a bag of potato chips for Dame Lillard. 
tell me why I'm wrong. You know, and it's like they just they become clickbait. But they did have a piece where uh, this was one of the quotes. Uh, the recent Williams dynamic may simply echo may simply echo consistent word dating back to trade deadline from league sources with knowledge of the situation is not a particular Aiton is not a particularly favorite of Phoenix Suns head coach. Williams has uh, reportedly griped about Aiton's waning focus, uh, which some have, which some people contacted Bleacher Report and said it's been reflected by the ebbs of his playing time, which I don't know about that. I mean, outside of the game seven, did DeAndre Aiton ever get like um, just sat for long periods of time? By first thing I thought about, like, no, first time, the last time I remember him, like, bench and stuff was when Baines was here right when yes he was benched and Baines was starting center so that's the last time I remember him actually being on on the bench but it ended with saying there's a strong sense among league figures that Phoenix Brass simply does not view Aiton or any center as a player worth greater than 30 million dollars annually now that being said that's not a, a surprising statement if they the Suns Brass did view Aiden or any other center as a player worth 30 million annually, they would have signed him to the max coming into this season. Yeah. So hearing that and knowing that this is a loaded question that will probably change your, you will change your answer multiple times throughout this upcoming off season. Where do you stand on the trade Aiden? Don't trade Aiden debate because Lord knows it's a debate everywhere you go. This is tough. I don't know. I don't know where I really want to go with this. Um, I think all year long, we we said it's been a good season for him, right? We never really came on the pod and was like, I think maybe twice. I think when yeah, Chris there's Paul like two went times out, when we blasted him. When Paul, yeah, when Paul was out and Aiden was just playing trash, but he picked it back up. So it's so difficult to sit here and say, yeah, I want to trade him. I don't want to trade Aiden at all. Of course, if there's a player like a Kevin Durant, but even then, like, who knows? Like, if he can even stay healthy. The thing is, like, I think you need an Aiden. Rosella was talking about it too. You need an Aiden for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that would make me feel more comfortable with this is because we want Monty Williams and Chris Paul to come back, right? Um, if Aiden and Monty, this is something I want them to do. Go to the podium together and say, we worked out what's been happening behind the scenes. Aiden's been, he's been tremendous. We, we talked we, tremendous and, oh, I sound like, never mind. He's been, he's been great this off season, like this might happen in a month or so he's been great. And he's been really cooperative with us to really just narrow down where he needs to improve. And I, mm-hmm. he needs to improve. He's a young dude. Of course he needs to improve, but his focus on wanting to win, taking away, minimizing the, the, the things that will distract him off the court or things. I'm just saying, I'm just making this stuff up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If they were to come out here and say that, and then, you know, we have Monty back in Aiden. We know that Aiden's all focused. Him and Monty don't have a tiff then I'd be very comfortable with him coming back. If Aiton is the way where he was, where he left last game, game seven, didn't speak, didn't speak to the media, was yelling at Monty on the sideline that they need to pass me the ball, which I think is bullshit. I I don't want that Aiton. I want Aiton to be into, you know, of course he wants his money, but I want him to be into the actual, you know, just the combined effort of everybody on this team, which I thought he was, and I want him to be into that. I want to make sure that he's super focused on that for next season. Um, Do I don't you feel know like how that happens. Like I just want to hear it from season. them too. I don't know. And is what's weird is the last two months, right? We heard that he wanted out of Phoenix. And I just, there's so much that's probably going to come out, but it's just, you know, was he the guy working behind the scenes like they wanted him to? I think Booker and Chris Paul would 
you know, make sure he gets paid. Chris Paul and Devin Booker run the, like just like LeBron runs his organizations. You know, those two dudes have a lot of say into it. He would have been paid by now. So there's reasons to why he's not paid. But if he does get paid, I just need them to say things that make me feel better to confirm that he's going to be here and play the way that we want him to play. Just do his job and get in, get better and prove and accept his role. You know what I mean? And be even more dominant than he can be. But it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, dude. That's gonna be that's the one thing that would make me comfortable with this whole situation. So what you're talking about a lot, and correct me if I'm wrong, is his attitude and the way that he wants to perform as a member of this team, right? Like that's the big basis mm-hmm. of your decision on whether or not you want him to be back next year, correct? Yeah. How yeah, he because that that's it, right? Because we know what he can do. It's just the approach and whether or not he's going to do it. So the way that I look at the great Aiton debate is this. I'll, I'll, I'll preface all of this by saying I 100% want DeAndre Aiton to be a member of this team next year. If there was no money involved, we didn't have to talk contracts, any of that. If you just asked me, do you want Aiton on the team next year? My answer is yes. But then you get the contracts. Then you get uh, you know some of a lot of the things that you mentioned, Matthew, the mental space, the emotional space. You know, uh, uh, emotion makes smart people look stupid, right? And when you start to mess with emotions, and and we are all we are all creatures of emotions. That's what can really deter uh, somebody from being great. And we've seen that with DeAndre Ayton at times. And that's the last impression that we had of him in the 2022 season was somebody who was frustrated, somebody who didn't perform well, somebody who allegedly got into an altercation with his head coach, somebody who did not go to media day, somebody who did not meet with the media prior to departing for the season. So we are left with a bunch of question question marks. This is the way that I look at it. If the price is right, you bring DeAndre Ayton back. And that's the big question right now because now you have a lot of posturing from DeAndre Ayton's agent. This is where the business side of basketball comes in and can take a nice situation in which DeAndre Ayton is working as a member of a team and doing all those things that you kind of mentioned, accepting his role, dominating in the space that he's provided, maybe playing a little bit more aggressive, maybe demanding the ball a little bit more, maybe wanting to get up more shots a game and be more effective, which is something that actually would benefit the Phoenix Suns. If they put Ayton in a situation where he can grow, not one where he's taking 20 shots a night, but, you know, eight, you know, 15 to 18 shots a night, giving him an opportunity to score 20-plus points an, an evening, he will grow. It will take stress off of Booker. It will take stress off of Chris Paul, and it will allow this team to grow, right? So you have to buy into that fact. But the agent is now out there saying, hey, uh, we don't want anything less than a max for DeAndre Ayton. And what's a max? Well, the max that the Phoenix Suns can offer him essentially is 176 million, five years, somewhere in there. Comes out to about $35 million a year. And this is where I go from I 100% want DeAndre Ayton as a member of this team, unless we have to pay him $35 million a year. And obviously by we, I mean the Suns, because that just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, what you're doing is you are paying DeAndre Ayton a player who, in my opinion, doesn't have the same fire that Chris Paul has, doesn't hasn't proven on a long enough timeline, in my personal opinion, to be somebody who is worth $35 million a year. Look at the centers in the, in the National Basketball Association who make 35 or more million dollars a year. You know how many there are, Matthew? One. Two. Oh, one. One. 
The average, if you look at the average salary, Rudy Gobert averages $41 million a year. That's because he's on the Supermax with the, with the Utah Jazz. Number two on that list is Carl Anthony Towns at 31-6. Nikola Jokic is at 29-5. Joel Embiid is at 29-5. Then you have Al Horford at 27-2, uh, and that's because the Philadelphia 76ers chose him over Jimmy Butler. And then you got Vucevic at 25. DeAndre Ayton, don't get me wrong. He is a fantastic talent. But as I go through those names, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Horford, and Vucevic, outside of Horford, who's 36 years old, how many of those guys are currently playing basketball on a nightly basis right now in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference Finals? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Continue down the line. Jared Allen, Miles Turner, Clint Capella, Steve Adams. That's your top 10 when it comes to salary. Steven Adams is 17-5. The market will dictate the value of DeAndre Ayton, in my opinion. And that it's clear that this market is going to overvalue him. Unfortunately for the Suns, it's going to overvalue him. What the Suns choose to do with that, if they want to bring him back, if they want to do a, a sign-in trade, that, that's on James Jones to figure that out. And it's unfortunate because DeAndre Ayton is an unbelievable uh, talent. Unbelievable talent. You know, Thomas Dinette says it. I want DA, but not $35 million bad, though. I the Suns could utilize that for a lot more, you know. Yeah. So, what do you think about all that? Stuff? Well, yeah, you know, he's great talent, but the thing is, it's it's so weird because at the trade deadline, we're talking about him again. I feel like every trade deadline, and it's going to happen this year. We give him that money. The trade deadline is going to happen. Is who's on the table? Well, DeAndre Aiden, maybe we'll pick up the phone because Sabonis was close, right? Mm-hmm. Flex even confirmed that after the season was ended, that Sabonis was a man that. The Suns almost put the trigger on. <clears throat> and of course, at the time, no one wanted him because Aiden is that good where he can be that good. We're like, no, he's better than Sabonis, which he he can be. He plays better against Jokic. He plays really good against um, Gobert. You know, he does a lot of things that Gobert can't defensively. And he can be like a defensive player of the year candidate in the future. That's that's how good DeAndre Aiden can be. Then it's just like you give him that money. Is he just going to be a mediocre player? Happy yeah. with the money? You know, in the video game thing, that's yeah, fine. I don't. These guys, they they play video games. Booker played video games all the time. They they're young. They're young dudes. That's what they do. And I don't really care about that and the sleep and all that bullshit. Because I don't care about look anything at, outside. Look of at the Dennis Rodman. Rodman yeah. used to like have heroin stuck Hooker, in his arm Hook, when he would come Hookers in the, and blow. <laughs> yeah. So like these guys can go through a lot more than what we can before playing a game. It's just the focus that Monty wants from him and the focus that this team needs from him. Mm-hmm. And these and the thing is like. I did say that I wanted him to say something with Monty, but then also Aiden does say a lot of stuff too that never comes true. You know, he's he said he wanted to be Shaq and Kobe 2.0. Yeah. Not even close, right? Um, and also like he wanted to um I don't know. He says other things like dropping down whenever Chris Paul came here, he's like, Oh, he's gonna be dropping dimes to me constantly. It took a couple of years for them to get together. But when you have Chris Paul on your team, you would think they would figure something out to where this guy isn't just kind of out you know, disappearing from the offense. You know, I don't think Chris Paul does it on purpose. There's a reason for that. So yeah. those are things that, you it's know, th- that make me issue. nervous, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think we just talked for 20 minutes about it. I still don't know. Well, no, <laughs> but, but, and exactly. And again, that's, you know, if in summation, I want DeAndre and back on this team, if the price is right. And I know that the price isn't going to be right. So that kind of brings yeah. us to the next segment of conversation, because, this is the time of year where people get on the trade machine and man, they do some stupid things. Yeah. So the first question, you know, what are your thoughts on if the Suns were to, so 
let, let's talk about the Suns departing from DeAndre. Okay. I think okay. it's clear the Suns Jam Session podcast wants DeAndre Ayton on this team. Okay. On two conditions that he wants to be here, right? That's the Matthew take that he wants to be here and that the price is right. That's the John take. So there you go. Now, that being said, we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't talk about all the different options that do exist if we were to part ways with DeAndre Ayton. So what are your thoughts on if the Suns would simply pay uh, uh, trade draft picks for him? No, that's weird, right? I think that's yeah. totally weird because the draft picks have been out the window. We got Jalen Smith, who I still think we're going to regret moving forward because I think he can be a really good role player. But we, you know, and I haven't studied on the draft at all. So I don't know a player right now that we can pick at six through 10 or something. Some, I think what did the, the Spurs have pick number nine? You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know who they would get to help. This is about Chris Paul and Devin Booker wanting a championship next year. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be about picks. I can care less about if we get five picks in the first round. I don't want that. I and want that's a player interesting, to replace them. A lot of people like talking about the Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo podcast. You know, they're like, well, if they trade with Indiana, they can get the sixth pick. Like the Suns that's, don't want the so sixth weird. pick. No, that's the so Suns weird. don't want it based off of the very limited knowledge I have of this NBA draft. Because to your point, I paid zero attention to it because I haven't need to. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a three man draft. That's a, the way everyone's looking at the top. It's top three heavy. And then everything else is one of those crapshoot drafts. So it's not like you're getting somebody at six who's just like going to change the franchise. And it's like, exactly. OK, so so in the middle of this window that's rapidly closing for Chris Paul, we're going to try to develop a guy. Just doesn't make sense to me. Now, granted. No. If you have trade deals with teams and they throw in picks that are future picks, not this year, but like two, three years down the line, that would make more sense to me because you're trying to win now at the same time you're trying to uh, uh, improve your future as well. So that I can kind of see, right? Yeah, it's it's just it's tough because I think what's going to happen is a lot of people will look from the outside and say, just kind of rebuild, right? Maybe get rid of Chris Paul. Maybe just have Booker, but no, no, no. We've been there before. I don't yeah, want to have I'm not in that. as much as we love Booker. He still needs a few more years to be that guy, to be the actual. He's gonna be get the super max, but to be the actual dude, like a Dirk Nowinski. Or, yeah, I'm just saying, like players in the past that can win series by themselves, and he's not there yet. He's so close, so we can't we can't get rid of Chris Paul just for a bunch of picks. No, I yeah, Chris Paul will be here next year, and I completely okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I I I, not, I I think it would I'm be really dumb that. to get rid of Chris Paul. I really do. I unless really do. It, him, unless him and Monty just you know they no. just can't hash it out. That's bullshit. Yeah, they'll be those guys are like brothers, yeah. you know. And and especially you know you look he makes like what like twenty eight million next year and then next or, or or yeah next season the following season it's not fully guaranteed. The season after that it's not guaranteed at all. Like the goal is to try to fortify the in my personal opinion because everyone has an opinion on this so i have to like preface Mm -hmm. everything i say with that but the goal is to try to build a deep enough bench with quality players and and then monty needs to sack up and coach up and be like chris you're playing 28 minutes tonight i I forget who wrote the piece it was kellen olsen or somebody who wrote a piece and was like it's unacceptable maybe it was dan bickley who wrote it was unacceptable that chris paul played like 27 games this season over 38 minutes like yeah guys we were saying that too we We were were saying it the whole time and he and it, even the all-star game he was playing that one. Yeah, you know, he's like for, he's like, I gotta get out there. It's like Monty Williams just be like, dude, Chris, take a seat, man. Help me let you let, be a coach too, you know? Yeah. Be a be a help me be a coach, what have you. So 
what I want to do now, you know, we got about 20 minutes left in the pod, Matthews. How about we just go through through some of the trade scenarios that are out okay. there? I, I, I went on Twitter. I went on our Facebook page. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam and on Facebook. We're Suns Jam Session Podcast. And I just asked the question, throw me some of your DeAndre Ayton trades. I want to hear what people are thinking right now because we are in the infancy of these conversations. There's three to four weeks left in the regular season. We have a draft ahead of us. All of the time, that's when we're really going to start to weed out some of the shitty trades. And I just want to see what people are saying, and I want to kind of give my input on some of those trades. So, you ready for this? I'm ready. It's kind of got to drop. Dumb trade of the week. A lot that's of these oldie are but good weed. Oldie but good, good weed. It's right an oldie but good, it's oldie but good weed. All right, so the first one was on Facebook. And this was a three-team trade between the New York Knicks, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Phoenix Suns. The Knicks would receive Jay Crowder, Dario Sarch, and Landry Shamit, plus two second-round picks from the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right. The Thunder would receive Campaign and the Suns' 2028 first-round pick. And the Suns would receive Kemba Walker, Julius Randle, and Lou Dort. I don't even see DeAndre Ayton in this trade. He's not even in there. He's not even in this one. Who put this? See, this is Facebook Suns fucking shit. I mean, it's a nice trade if you sell it's DeAndre. A, it's, a hor- <laughs> it's a horrible trade, period, because if you're the Thunder, you're like, okay, here's what we're giving up. We're giving up Kemba Walker. We're giving up Julie, or we're giving up Lou Dort, and we're giving up two Lou, picks to get campaign and a pick. Lou Dort's a staple there, man. Yeah, you're gonna get rid of him. Yeah, there you go. Dump trade of the week. It's good for the, the Suns. One. It's great for the Suns, of course. That's the <laughs> other thing. Like, the, one of the frustrating things about this time of year is everybody puts together these trades that only benefit the Suns. Let's go on to another one. <laughs> I know. Let's go on to another one. All right. So this is one. This is an interesting topic, and yeah. I want to delve into this one. This is why I put this one together. The Nets receive Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, Landry Shamit, and the 2025 first-round pick from the Phoenix Suns for Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that, Matthew? Again, Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, yeah. Landry Shamit, first-round pick three seasons from now for Kevin Durant. It, it's a sticky situation trying to be a chaser because you're doing this. The Suns are kind of just trying to chase that championship. You get Kevin Durant, injuries happen. Usually I'm not that guy, hey, injuries, but a guy like Mikael Bridges, you're going to trade away, and then if something does happen in the future where we don't win it next year, we have Kevin Durant, Booker, and Chris Paul, which happens all the time now. All these teams that are in the Final Four, they're homegrown, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't go out and get the superstar. I mean, of course you can. If you build your team like the Warriors, you can go get that superstar. Who cares? But I don't want the Suns to be the chasers, right? I want Kevin Durant, of course. That'd be amazing, but... It's just it's hard to think about the fact that if we don't win next year, if we were to get Kevin Durant, it's a failure again. And then Mikhail mm-hmm. Bridges is gone. And then mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, who knows if he'll ever play the same way again after next year. So those are always things I think about. And I don't want to give away a guy like Mikhail Bridges just to chase a ring next year. I completely agree with that. And you see Kevin Durant in a lot of different trades. And obviously the only way to ha- make it happen is you have to package, you know, like your entire future, essentially. You know, but but that being said, Kevin Durant is somebody who is two seasons removed from an Achilles injury. He played 55 games this past season. Now, granted, he he scored just shy of 30 points a game, but he's 33 going on 34 years old. Yeah. Here's the other side of that. You look at his contract, his contract's up at the end of next season. 
He's an unrestricted free agent going into 2023 at the end of next season. So you give up in all of that scenario, you give up Jay Crowder, who's an expiring Landry Shamit, who isn't an expiring and Mikhail Bridges, who you have for the next four years and just was a first team all defensive player. Who's not, he hasn't even, he's not even sniffing his prime yet. Doesn't make sense to me. I see a lot of the KD trades. I love Kevin Durant. We have that on the jammies, which we haven't even done this season, the offseason jammies or the end of the season jammies. But Kevin Durant's always my answer on the player who doesn't play for the Phoenix Suns, who's my favorite player in the NBA. It's Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I don't want him. There's nothing we can give up to get Kevin Durant. Just a side note, that didn't have DeAndre Ayton in it either. No, did everyone? <laughs> like, this one Fucking Facebook either, killing dude. me. <laughs> killing me. Oh, for two, Facebook. Yeah. But that, that's how I feel on Kevin Durant. Okay. How do you feel on Kevin Durant? Yeah, I mean, I'm you talked about way, it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I just, dude, honestly, if Kevin Durant came here, I would be happy. If Mikhail were to leave, like, oh, I don't know. I really want KD. But then I'm just telling you, the way these things have been working out lately, the past few seasons, like, it's not working for these players trying to just grab a ring. It's not working. The other side of that, and a lot of Jamsters are saying in the chat, is it's a no for the Nets, too. <laughs> They're not going to say yes to that. So let's yeah, move past true. that. All right, so uh, uh, Alex Golden NBA tweeted out, apparently Bill Simmons said there are talks of a sign-and-trade of Aiton to Indiana for Miles Turner and Chris Duarte. First of all, he didn't say there's talks of a sign-and-trade. He proposed a sign-and-trade as he went through like 10 different uh, scenarios. But that being said, one thing that I saw in a trade machine that somebody posted, DeAndre Aiton to the Indiana Pacers for Miles Turner and Chris Duarte. Thoughts no. on that, Matthew? No, no way. Uh, Miles Turner, yeah, he's actually awesome. When we when we play against him, he's like that player, which he's a little bit more lift, but he's like that player that comes in, he gives you 10 good minutes. You're like, oh my God, can we just have this guy instead of DeAndre? And then he, the rest of the game, you're like, nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like he he's so good for spurts of the games, but he's not that guy like DeAndre Aiden. Um, no, I mean, any of these trades we go through, we need a guy like Kevin Durant or someone to replace Aiden just because of the sure fact that and that's we want a the championship. Thing. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you said that because that's the thing you have to think. The value that is being that you need to get on your return from DeAndre Aiden, your former first overall pick. That's why when I hear it's like, oh, trade him for uh, Chris Duartan, a sixth round or a number six overall pick. It's like this dude was the number one pick in the draft. He still carries yeah. value with him. Okay, just because it's been a tumultuous time at the back end of a very disappointing season for the Phoenix Suns doesn't devalue what he's worth. That's why we both agree that we want him here because we know what he's worth. But again, he's got to be the right mental state and the money's got to make sense. So if the money isn't going to make sense, the Suns do need to sign and trade and try to get some assets for it. Miles Turner, Chris Duarte, as much as I am a fan of Chris Duarte, I do like him. I don't know if I'm a big fan of, of bringing Miles Turner here and I get it. You know, you look at him, 29 points a game or 29 minutes a game and 42 games played last season. He went for 12 points. He went for seven rebounds. It's he's like Deandre Ayton light. And again, if it's affordable, I understand it. And that's where the Suns are trying to navigate. They're trying to navigate what's affordable. Uh, I just don't see the Suns making a move like that. And that being said, how annoying would it be to play the Pacers where they got Jalen Smith, Deandre Ayton and Tyrus Halliburton all on the team. And we're just like, Oh, look, what could have been? Yeah, and Sabonis too, right? Well, no, he's in the Kings. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. There you go. All right, so here's <laughs> one from at Jay Joyce, uh, one of our buddies over at the He's on Fire podcast. He said, trade DeAndre Ayton for Bradley Beal and Thomas Bryant. 
Okay. Thoughts That's on that. Right. You know yeah. what? I'm not a, I'm not uh I like the three guard system thing where mm-hmm. I wanted like, that's why when LaMelo ball came out, I'm like, man, you get them on that golden state warriors team with those three dudes. That's going to be awesome. When, when uh freaking uh, clay Thompson comes back, that's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. I do like that interchangeable um, ball, ball handlers, but Bradley Beal, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, the way things are going, you know, everyone's kind of focusing away from the bigs, even though this last two years, it's like, oh, bigs are back. I just, yeah, I everybody can't says that bigs are Bradley back. Yeah. I can't, because we're just talking about another guy that hasn't won anything, right? It's like, just build what we, what we have now. We're almost there. Don't sacrifice another young dude just to get another guy that hasn't won anything. That's older, you know? I hear you. And injury prone, you know? So, yeah, I do like this one. I'd have to see it in a trade machine. Because I don't know if it if it works. Because again, if you have Beal, if you have CP, and you have Devin Booker, you know, and potentially mm-hmm. Landry Shaman or somebody still there, you can really rest some of those guys and still have the offensive firepower. But what you lose with Beal is obviously some defense. But Chris Paul can't play defense anymore anyway. So, you know, yeah. I and I and I am a I am a Thomas Bryant fan. I really like Thomas Bryant. He's like Christian Wood Light in my opinion. Yeah, really quick, Chris Paul. He was just hurt. His defense during the season be, was 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 incredible. I thought, you yes. know what I mean, when they're calling him a cone, I thought yes. he would just take over quarters where he would just take the ball away from dudes and start running the fast break. Like my statement I think was it's definitely one of recency bias. Yeah. So you know. Um. All right. So another one. So that one I'll put a pin in because I actually kind of like that one. You like that uh, one? All right. I, I kind of right. do. I kind of do. Like again, if you're gonna give up DeAndre Ayton, bring if in Bradley. You have to, right. If you have to. Yeah. Bringing in Bradley Beal and Thomas Bryant, if if it would never happen, I don't think it would happen. But if it would, it'd be nice. But that's one of those like you know, I'm looking at this through a Suns fan's eyes. Washington fans have probably told me to get you know get fucked, buddy. You're not taking Bradley Beal and Thomas Bryant for DeAndre Ayton, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Zach Burkham says sign and trade for Capella and Gallinari from Atlanta. Thoughts on mm, maybe that, two years yeah. ago, maybe two years ago, where that would have been a hot trade. That would have been a hot trade to get Capella and Gallinari here. Not anymore, though. <laughs> Not the way I watched that Gallinari guy out there with his emotions, how he just kind of lets his team down. I'm just yeah. not into that. Like yeah. if it was Bogdan Bogdanovich, I'd be more interested in that. Yeah, I like him a little bit. That's more. tough, dude. I just, I'm telling you, man. Just the future of Da, what he might be. These guys, aren't I know. Even worth even oh, talking I know. About. I know because DA, I mean, he's just three, man. I know, but we have to. I know. Right, here, but it's here. just like, what the fuck, man? Just, well, why, it's just why is this happening to us. Well, you know, it's a sun, <laughs> man. That's why. That's why, all right. Yeah. At E. Marshall Rose says, sign Aiden, trade him, Cam Johnson, and a couple of first rounders to the Portland Trailblazers for Dame Lillard. Limit CP3's minutes next year. Dame, Book, Bridges, Crowder, McGee, starting five. Thoughts on that? You know what? The McGee thing doesn't make sense. Um, if we have Sarich back, everyone keeps talking about him being a starting five, so that would be something possible. Um, but it would be Dane Book, uh, CP3 starting. They would just have them starting. And you would have Bridges and like a Sarich. They would go super small, I think. Yes. McGee wouldn't be able to play those minutes. You saw how exhausted no. he was. Like He doesn't have much left in the tank. He wouldn't be able to start and play more than 14 minutes a game. I completely agree. Uh, you'd have to fortify... Anything behind McGee, you'd keep Biombo. You'd have Sarge in the rotation and do anything you can to try it. But again, we'd run into those re- we'd we'd run into those rebounding problems left and right. 
And I can understand bringing in Dame and, and having that same kind of three guard approach, but that is the most expensive backcourt in the history of backcourts. Cause yeah. you're asking CP three to sit uh, for Dame Lillard. And so you're asking somebody for like $28 million a year to sit on the bench. Who doesn't want to sit on the bench? It just wouldn't work. Would I like to have Dame on this team? Absolutely. The other side of this is, you know, Dame Lillard's 31 years old and an injury prone himself, mm-hmm. you know, so he's not and- getting better. Mm-hmm. He's, He's somebody because of the way he plays, he takes it to the rack all the time. He's he's a physical guy. He could wear down as well. Yeah, and when Chris Paul came over here, there's a lot of people saying injury prone. The the reason I wanted Chris Paul then is because I just knew he brought winning, like automatic winning to your franchise, something that Ricky Rubio couldn't do with Kelly Oubre. It just wasn't going to happen the way it has happened. Um, now that we have Chris Paul, it's like, well, these guys are older and stuff, injury prone. These other guys like Damian Lillard, they're they're still chasing the ring too, right? But Damian Lillard wants to stay in Portland. He's been that guy, but now it seems like he might be traded. But I just don't want another dude that hasn't done anything. I know he went to the Western Conference Finals, Once. but it's just like it's kind of just like that chasing thing again. You know what yes. I mean? We already have Chris Paul here that's old and needs to take better care of himself, eat some fucking meat, and he'll be ready for the next playoffs. But I just don't want another dude here that's kind of chasing and then another guard. It just doesn't make sense to me. I agree with that statement as well. And a, a lot of times, thank you. Well, it's, it's true though. You know, I mean, we, we, we don't know. We just don't know. Let's, let's look at another one. Okay. All right. From at generic sons fan on Twitter says in order one SGA two Fox trade DA for a guard that can create their shot. And for others bump CP three to six man trade Shamit Sark and a first round pick for Zach Collins sign Robinson in free agency. Three towns. Consider trading Collins for Grant. Sign Tyus Jones in free agency. What generic Suns fans just did is took a 64-win team and completely flipped the roster, hoping that it sticks uh, because it looks good on 2K, in my opinion. Not a lot of, you know, SGA, decent defense. Um, Robinson, good defense. Zach Collins, no defense. Uh, that's a lot of flipping it all. Flipping the whole. So that's a, that's a valid question that at generic Suns fan brings up. Do you just completely flip this roster, Matthew? No, I want everybody back. I, I want everybody it. back with better depth. Um, <laughs> yes. And then Chris Paul, six man, that's never going to work. We were nope. talking about minutes restriction. Just have it to 25 to 30 a night, but he's not going to be on the bench. There's no way. Yeah, he wouldn't want to win a championship coming off the bench. Like no, if he were ever not. to win, even though he's <laughs> on the podium, it's just basketball and they kind of just do the. Series. I like what Thomas Danette says. No way, but fun. That's a good. At generic Suns fan, that's a good analytical look at a roster to try to flip it. But again, I just don't think you're sacrificing so much continuity in your roster to do so. And you honestly have no idea what you're going to get. You have a 64-win Phoenix Suns team. You need to do everything you can to try to keep that that core together as as much as possible. DA is the core, again, for the right price. And that's the most frustrating thing for me is knowing that when you see all this buzz, when you have an agent who's who's going out there and saying we're accepting nothing but a max. Now, here's the other side of that, is that might scare off some teams. From a, and, and this is a point I'll probably continue to make throughout the summer until any, something happens. Because you're saying we'll accept nothing but a max, a lot of teams might not make any offer. And if they don't make any offer, then the Suns can make you know their qualifying offer for 16 mil, or they can offer him what they think he's worth. 
So we'll see how that goes. That would so, be humbling, right? Yes, that would be. That would be yeah. very humbling for DeAndre. For DeAndre, yeah. Here's one from uh, NBA Analysis Network. Analyst Network. Analysis. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. They receive DeAndre Ayton. The Suns receive Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance Jr., and Devontae Graham, Matthew. No. Not at all. Larry Nance, a big fan. And we and I finally saw him. I saw the reason why I liked him so much in the playoffs. Um Jonas. No, even though he dominated the Suns, I that's tough to think about, right? Because he dom- he killed the Suns every game. He killed Aiton. Every yeah, and every game you thought there'd be an adjustment, you thought there'd be more physical DA. That's why a lot came. of this blame goes on Monty Williams, man. Yeah. A lot of the blame for Are there adjustments so in the playoffs at all? Like yeah. I feel like these the so Mavericks made him right left now. and right against us. That's what killed Making us in that threes. series. <laughs> well, that, that that of course helped, but the way they blitzed us on defense, the way that they changed their rotations yeah. to to uh utilize their length on defense with Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock. And the effective way that they and the reason and the and the simple adjustment to recognize that Chris Paul was hampered, so you pester him for a little bit, and then you just double book all day long, and you yeah. don't let the ball get down into DeAndre Ayton. They negated a lot of those interior passes, and Da to you know his detriment didn't beg for the ball or go out and set hard those hard screens. He did those kind of you know soft like hey bud how you doing screens you know because well, it was kind of like I'm hard sick screen, of screening. It was kind of like yeah. I'm sick He's of like screening. I'm doing this shit for two straight years. I do think that's an interesting one. DA for Valanciunas, Larry Nance, and Devontae Graham because it gives you everything you need. You get some size in return. You get a wing in return. And you get another guard you can add to the rotation in return. That allows you some flexibility to do things with Cameron Payne and with Landry Shamit. That's and it's a real forward too, Larry Dance. Yeah, Larry Dance you know is a real. He's forward. a guy that's everyone's been talking about. Well, and which I could, still don't agree that we need. I don't. He could make he could make Jay Crowder potentially expendable, knowing that he's mm-hmm. unexpired going to next year. So you can use that contract to do something else. I think of all the trades that I've mentioned so far, this is the one that I feel best benefits the Phoenix Suns. The question is, does it benefit the New Orleans Pelicans? This is a team that had a really solid run in the postseason against at you know, against the Phoenix Suns, and they really feel like they're a piece or two away from really being competitive in the Western Conference. And one of those pieces is sitting in street clothes and is going to be ready for next year, and that's Zion Williamson. So potentially they get rid of one of these pieces, knowing that they need to clear space and minutes for Zion Williamson, but they might not give up as much as this trade dictates. Yeah, and that's too much money for a guy next to Zion who's basically going to sit there and be like, hey, I'm just here watching Zion. He's taking over. You know what I mean? I can just see DA being that guy like he's always been, like, a teammate guy where he's just like, I'm just, I'm going to give Zion the ball. Like he, he's a winner or whatever. I don't know. Fabio says, and Ryan Rosillo said this too. He says, why not DA for Zion straight up? That would be kind of cool. I would go for that. I'd fucking love that. That's a yes. I love that. Hell yeah, dude. I don't care about any of the injuries or whatever. Like that no, guy's outside. No upside, way. Dude. Through the roof. If he were to play one game against the Suns, it was over. Yeah, if he oh, were in that series, hundred percent. Oh my god, dude! That if we got to a game over. seven, he came back. Zion would have fucking kicked our ass. Yeah, yeah. Zion. Game six at home, they would have just that crowd. Oh my god, dude! Oh my but god, didn't happen. Uh, last one I'll read from at Mister Anderson because my favorite trade scenario is we go back in time and just pay him last off season, and then we could actually get his full value this off season if we were to trade him. Otherwise. Pay him more than anyone else can now, and we got half a season to see if it works out or trade him. There we go. That's the answer, in my personal opinion. That's what's okay? going to happen, huh? Because that kind of takes what we've been saying together. 
you put him through a testing period. Okay. Anything anybody can offer him, you can match and you can actually exceed it if you want to. And you say, Hey, DA, we're paying you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. The money is in your bag now. <laughs> Prove that you earn it. Prove that you're worth it. And then if it's not, then you trade him for pieces. You, will you get pennies on the dollar? Potentially. Whenever you trade the larger asset, it never works. Four quarters does not eat a, equal a dollar in the NBA. Whoever got the dollar wins the trade every time. I think the only time it hasn't worked out that way is uh, ever. It's ne- it's always been that way, right? So mm-hmm. you pay him. You go into the luxury tax, which will be interesting because there's a lot of buzz around some shit coming out this offseason relative to uh, Robert Sarver. Just go on Suns Reddit. You know, you got the detectives in there going really deep and saying, hey, like he might be forced to sell. Who knows? But that being said, DeAndre Ayton, you pay him. And if he's worth it, he'll earn it. If he's not worth it, you trade him. I think that's as simple as it is. Now, again, not my money. It's a lot of money going to the luxury tax. You're good. You pay DA. The, the byproduct of paying DA is one. You don't have to pay Cam Johnson this offseason. You know, this is where he could get his rookie extension. He's the kind of player right where he was, he, he was at in the draft where you can get away with not giving him his rookie extension like you did with DA, a number one overall pick. But you're going to have to start cutting some corners. You're going to have to sacrifice some of that depth because a lot of that payroll has to go to DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, and DA, his his biggest value is, I think, just right now, the hidden talents of DA. What is he going to bring a franchise? You know, if he goes into next year and he signs that with the Suns, then teams are going to know, like, if he doesn't show up, be like, ah, I don't know. We can't have, no, I don't care how young he is. You know, and that's one thing. We always talk about how young these dudes are. They, sometimes that's just who they are. You know, they never grow into anything else. That's just who they are. You know, you either mm-hmm. see it, you don't. We saw it in book. First contract signed. You can see the work ethic. Yes. You can see what kind of guy he was going to be here in Phoenix. No question about it. Sometimes it's just who they are. You hope for them to change. People don't change. This is just who he is, and we're going to probably overpay him. Yeah, and and I expect the Suns to do so. I really do. I expect them to try to work this yeah. out. And again, knowing that they have half a season to go, okay, dude, it's on you, bro. Now it's on you. Yeah. The other side of that is maybe the you know if that relationship is too fractured, the Phoenix Suns will have to depart with him. And we will get pennies on the dollar. We won't get something that truly matches not what DA is currently worth, but the potential that DeAndre Ayton brings. And that's the challenge. The potential this guy has, he could go somewhere. It could be the right situation for him. They could get him the ball 20 times a night, and he could dominate in that space. Will he be successful in the playoffs? I don't know. Because like I said earlier, you don't build your team around a center. Yeah, centers are back. They're winning MVPs. They're doing all these great things and putting up great metrics. They're not winning when it counts. We've had the opportunity to win with DA in the in the playoffs twice, and we're 0-2 in those playoffs. Good, bad, or indifferent. On his fault or not, it's just the, them's the facts. You know, when's the last yeah. time a team uh, won an NBA title and it was center-centric? It was, you know, 2001 with Shaq. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Because when Shaq Duncan. won... Yeah, I mean, I know he, he's a forward, but... He was a forward, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, he, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. So, ton of stuff to talk about for the rest of the offseason coming to this. We'll continue to bring up some of these trades. You know, we'll we'll, we'll make it a kind of a, a segment. Uh, but th- for those of you who are listening or, or watching, Matthew and I will continue to come to you live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter every Sunday evening, probably eight o'clock, nine o'clock, somewhere in there. Uh, once a week is when we'll do our pods, unless something, you know, big breaks, some news mm-hmm. comes out. You know, we'll have maybe that evening or or maybe a jam session short. Uh, but we'll give you our thoughts on kind of what's going on in the NBA and obviously what's going on in Phoenix Sunsland. So says Jay said it on our last podcast uh, with the, the Aussie Suns fans and the fanning the flames guys. 
this might be one of the most important off seasons in the history of the NBA. And oh yeah, Suns. Suns. Yeah. I mean, we're just on like the, the precipice. trade deadline was. Yeah, exactly, and it just went yeah. by, tumbleweeds and Tory Craig, but this is a team on the precipice of a championship. This is a team coming off its highest win total in the franchise's history. I don't think you redo the entire roster. You don't need to do what the Suns did from 0405 till 506. Yep. Right? Where they're like, ah, Kurt Thomas, fuck Joe Johnson. Um, let's get Quentin Richardson out of here. The guy who just, he just scored the most threes in the league. Okay, get him out of here for Kurt Thomas. You know, like, <laughs> you don't need to overthink this, but you're going to have to pay some people. So, you know, Sarver, if you're listening. Get the Suns to the playoffs, man. You're charging like a thousand bucks a ticket yeah. at minimum, so you're gonna make your money back. So come on. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and plus, he who knows if he's gonna own the team anytime soon. <laughs> we'll so. see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, Matthew, anything else to talk about before we get mm-hmm. out of here? Uh, obviously, we'll be reconvening on Sunday night at eight p.m. to talk about some mm-hmm. more things. But anything that I missed that you want to talk about on this one? No, I think DA is all I wanted to talk about, man. I mean, we spent an hour on him. I didn't know if we could get to an hour, but we did. <laughs> There of course go. we did, man. Aiden Watch never fails. It never <laughs> fails, man. It never fails. Well, again, thank you to all of our Jamsters who decided to watch along live with us. If you happen to be listening, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're watching along live, hit that thumbs up button as well. Uh, looking forward to talking to you throughout the, uh, this very exciting and very important offseason for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, until then, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lissy. And follow the, the show at Suns Jam. We'll be asking questions. Uh, putting polls out there. One poll I did want to bring up right before we got out of here. Uh, I posted a poll from my personal, the, the my Darth Voida account, and I posted one right after the Suns lost in the uh, the the Western Conference first round. And the question that I asked is, will DeAndre Ayton be in a Suns uniform next season? The response uh, was pretty overwhelming against it's at 80.4% of 429 votes said he would not 80% said he would not. And I ran that poll for a week and I reposted that poll uh, yesterday or two days ago and I'm running mm-hmm. it for another week. And I'm asking the same question. I'm like, okay, here we are. Now we're a week later. Uh, how do you feel? 51.7% say yes. So clearly emotion got the better of us. Uh, yeah. And we'll see how it goes throughout the entire scene. But I thought that was kind of interesting. No, it is because of the way he left, man, everyone was just, that's why the blame was on him. It wasn't just the play. It wasn't the play at all. It was just the way he left the organization after the last loss. And that's the big thing. A lot of people mm-hmm. are like, well, you know, you need to talk more about how Chris Paul and Devin Booker laid a fat egg out there in game seven. I'm like, they did, but they also owned it. They did. Monty Williams owned it. They owned it. DeAndre Ayton is the one who did it. And, he, and now he's the natural scapegoat. So uh, yep. there you go. Well, on that note, Jamsters, we'll see you on Sunday night. Everyone have a fun and safe weekend. Until then, go home and love your family.